Hi, my name is Fabian Morgan and welcome to Everyday Dialogue, the podcast where we discuss everyday experiences that shape our lives as human beings, whether it's celebrating our successes or painfully navigating our way through failure and trauma. These experiences determine how we show up in the world for ourselves and others. On this platform, I will be sharing my personal experiences as well as inviting a variety of guests who will share their most authentic or vulnerable stories where we lift up those who dare to show up fully in life. With a new episode every Saturday, we will be tackling a broad range of subjects that deals with what it means to be us, what it means to be human. So pull up a seat and join me at my table. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Everyday Dialogue. On today's episode, guys, I have an extra special guest, a former mentor of mine, Ludmil. Thank you so much for joining me, Ludmil. Welcome to the podcast. You're welcome, Fabian. Thank you for having me um, on it. Thank you. So I'm sure you guys have heard me speak about loads of times of me being in sales and um, money management and things like that and in one of my episodes I even gave Ludmill a shout out as well. Um, Ludmill was someone that um, took me under his wing when I, w- when I was going through the sales program and taught me basically everything I know and um, I thought it's only right for me to invite him onto my platform because I wanted to talk about his um, financial discipline and also him just being able to navigate himself through all the different um, economic changes and still being able to run a successful business. So we're going to get right into it. So Ludmil, where did you learn your money management skills? Because I find that from all the owners I knew when I was in the business and just like being around everyone, you've always been able to kind of be good at budgeting your money. And it's not like you didn't do lavish things. You'd go on really nice holidays. You'd spend your money and buy nice things as well. But you just knew the right timing and you followed your own being. Mm-hmm. So what kind of, where did you learn that? Did you learn that from your parents? I mean, yes. Um, I've I've got, uh, I, I, I learned a lot um, in school and then I, I did master's in finance as well. And I'll be lying if I say that I, I learned it from, from my masters. <laughs> Reality is that what I learned in, in uni is to manage and, and run someone else's money, not 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 my own one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my money, my personal money management came from my parents and from my blueprint. Um, I grew up in a communist country for the first nine years of my life and money was um, was very simple. Everybody gets paid the same, everybody has the same amount of money. And um, there is not much to buy with it anyway. So from a very, very young age, I, it was just, you'd always have money. Not much, but you'd always have money. Um, and um, growing, becoming a teenager, I lived on a very low budget as a, as a student. Um, back in Bulgaria, the communism fell. And from everybody had some money, he went to nobody had any money. Um, zero. And... Um, and I, as a teenager I, and, and then in uni, I learned how to live below my means. Um, so I've experienced a lot of a lot of different things throughout my childhood and my my um, adolescence years. So, like I guess I guess from there, I guess I learned it from just experience, blueprint, um, and and it's discipline as well. It's it's a lot of discipline, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I definitely think it's discipline because I think that's a tough lesson I had to learn personally. And I remember when I left the business, I was in debt. 
And that's because I was like, obviously spending a lot. Plus I was taking out loans and um, I learned a very valuable lesson, but I've just always found it fascinating how you were just always able to say to yourself, okay, let me discipline myself. And I think one of the best things you've ever done for me personally, when I was in the business was before I opened my own office, you sat me down and said, you're going to save money by any means necessary. And I'll never forget, you had a separate bank account for me. And every single week when I did sales and I got paid, you transferred a specific amount into that account. And that helped yeah. me so much that when, I, when it came to me opening my own office, I had savings. So these lessons are things that I think are so valuable for people to learn. But how are you able to kind of like try not to keep up with the Joneses? Because I know mm -hmm. in our industry, let's be real, the managers that make a lot of money, we flash our money. Do you know what I mean? That's true. So That's how true. do you say to yourself, okay, yes, I want to show my success, but I want to make sure that I'm staying within my means without obviously mm -hmm. going, yeah. going over. I board. understand. Um, I guess... Um, it's difficult. The reality is that the, the era that we live in and, and, and the way society is now, it's, it's very driven by, um, by the so-called Jonases, meaning that you open Instagram, you open Facebook, you open any social media platform and, and you'd see your friend is going to Mauritius or something mm -hmm. like this. And, and the reality is this, I say it all the time, but social media makes people look rich than they are, and yes. richer than they are. And, 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 and it's so true because the reality is that that friend would put the holiday to Mauritius, but he or she would not put the 295 days of the same thing, work, whatever, just the normal normality of day-to-day -day life. Um, so it's really, really easy to get uh, to get um, what we call impulsed or, or just just buy something um, and 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 spend money on a on a emotional immediate emotional reaction. And it's not that it's wrong. I'm, um, what I'm saying here is not, not to go over overboard too too far left which is you don't spend any pence and and you just eat tesco value or, or something <laughs> like this I don't, I don't think that's that's a good life either but it, it, it's very simple um there is a book um the greatest man in the, the richest man in babylon and 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 it's so simple but the principle of that book is that guy is educating people how he became the richest and he goes like for every 10 nickels or 10 coins that i get i spend nine and i put one away and eventually that one would become hundreds and, and, and will build up a lot over time. And, and that's it. Like reality is that the more someone is earning, the more they should spend and, and the more they should enjoy life. But, but a lot of times we, we as humans, because of our blueprint, the way, the way our blueprint is, we, for, for the vast majority of humans, we, we, we're coming from, a, from not having much or, or hardly having anything. So what ends up happening is when we get into something, we want to use it immediately whilst it lasts. And that comes from the insecurity of like, is it going to come again? So if I, if I win the lottery, there is a, another thing there. A lot of uh, lottery, lottery winners actually end up being broken within a few years from winning the lottery and the millions and the jackpot. And that's because they're like, I don't know when will be the next time to get my, my hands on money. Let me just enjoy it, which is not wrong. But not everything, and and that's my principle. Is like, um, and Fabian, you, you you probably you probably remember, but I I was buying this car for a long time. I was buying a new car, a new car. It was about I I want to buy a Jaguar, and mm -hmm. and I had the money. I had the money to buy it five times over, but I wasn't secure. I wasn't stable. There was a part of me is like, ah, what if tough times come? So eventually, that new car I wanted to buy, and I had the money to buy, I bought it six years later. 
when that I could I could have bought it like 10, 15 times over probably by that time. But I was also I was secure with where my business is going, where my future is going. And is that part is that part of like staying stable? Recent recent example I've got is um I was like the PlayStation Five came the console right. And I was like, I'm gonna buy it, 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 and I did buy it two years later. So I eventually ended up buying it, but but it was a two years delay. And it's always that part of like, don't do it right now, don't do it right now, but I'll do it. So I guess I guess it's that that discipline of uh, of staying. And yes, in our in our industry is very flash out, flash out, but the reality is people people can see when someone is stable financially, mind wise future-wise, they don't need to see the nice restaurant in, on Instagram all the time. In fact, if there is a saying, if you say you are, you're probably not. So I, I live <laughs> by that one. So yeah. But yeah, that's it. Definitely. I definitely agree. And even like my partner, he's, um, I've learned a lot from him as well, because he's someone that makes, he makes in the six figures. And mm. I never forget when I first met him, he was driving like a little Nissan and I'm like why is he driving this car and he's had that car for 12 years and I'm like this man has the money to buy a really fancy car but why is he driving that car but for him it wasn't a priority he had other financial mm -hmm. things that he that he needed to sort out and then he ended up having seven months where his contract ended and he wasn't working and mm -hmm. but he was fine he had savings he was living comfortably now imagine he had bought that super expensive yeah, car before that happened so he knew what he was doing but i think in my mind i was just like just buy the car but it's yeah. so important to do things in your own timing based on what you're saying as well not based on the pressure of everyone saying you need to be at that specific place yeah that's correct and and, and i think is it, again it comes a lot from our bl blueprint for for the average person or, or even above the average person apart from like probably five percent of the, of the population in the uk we we don't come from a lot of money and and and, and don't get me wrong like somewhere i read the the poverty line in the uk is 13 13.2 million people in the uk live below the poverty line and wow but 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 what does that mean is that they, they, they're not starving they also go on holidays <laughs> it just means that whatever comes in goes out without anything extra apart from like one simple not very luxurious holiday probably per year mm -hmm. but 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 the point there is that the vast majority of people come from not much or nothing or, or very little so it's it's really really easy to get caught up into that race of like i went to a better holiday I had a better car, I ate in the fancier restaurant, and, and, and it's nothing wrong with it, but it only happens if if we can afford it like thousands of times over probably or hundreds of times over. So I'd, I'd say that it's it's all about the it, it's all about the blueprint and, and that needs to change. Um, if anyone wants to become successful, uh, it needs to change and, and it takes time and it takes education and it takes effort um, and definitely discipline. Mm -hmm. to, to change the blueprint is not an overnight thing for sure and would you say it's a mindset because i think there's i've seen stories and heard of like super successful people losing everything and being able to build it back again and or people really good at managing money do you think it's to do with the mindset because you even said people that are bad with money might win the lottery and they lose everything so clearly the way they see money and manage money is all to do with the mindset so would you say it's the the mindset 
Yeah, of course, of course. Again, everything is um, as I'm talking and, and then saying that all over and over. The blueprint, like that's a mindset. mindset that's what yes. we believe. Okay. So, to quote um, the great Jim Rohn, um, he he says, if you take all the money in the world and and divide it equally by everybody, soon enough, it's all gonna end in the same pockets. Yeah. Jeff Bezos will still be on the top. The poor person who's got nothing will still go be, uh, be uh, behind with everything. And then it's just it's just because of that, because of mindset, almost every millionaire goes back to becoming a millionaire if they lose it for some bad decisions and, and bad uh, financial crisis. They, they just they just make it back again over and over again. Yeah. So where, what, what would you say was the most difficult period of your career, um, like not just financially, but just overall that you really had to kind of buckle down to really get yourself navigate yourself through that situation what would you say at what point because you've had a 15 20 year career in, in, in yeah, well, running your 15, business yeah, 15 14 14 yeah. yeah and you've been able to still run a successful business to this day so at what point would you say it was difficult and what changes you had to make to kind of say to yourself okay this is how i get myself out of that situation i mean there's been a lot of a lot of difficulties and um they just they just change form and shape mm -hmm. but um in the beginning i'd say it was financial difficulties the reality is that there was not that much money in our industry in general um we needed to build reputation in our industry later on it was more of like development issues and and my disability to develop people fast and and, and strong so there's been a lot i'd say probably the biggest one was um after my first year of running running a business like my first year went went incredible and i won a ma major award at um at the industry award ceremony and um and the second year was really really hard um what got me through is is the the saying that tough times don't last but tough people do and 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 the little angel on on, on one side of my shoulder was consistently saying you're tough you're tough you're tough carry on, carry on, things are going to happen. And funny, funnily enough, on like on my third year in, in running a, a business, you you showed up, uh, Fabian, you started and and um, you lived, lived up the entire, industry, uh, the entire company, to be honest. And had I not stayed uh, the course, then probably that would have not happened. We would yeah. not even had this this uh, podcast, for yeah, example. I agree. But but yeah, it's like tough times, I don't last tough people do. I, I You'd hear me saying a lot of quotes and, and using a lot of examples from books and people are just smarter and more experienced and more um, successful than me, I guess. And I just believe in what they say. So I heard that many, many years ago, tough times don't last, tough people do. And, and, and then I just was like, I'll be the tough people person. And what's the best advice you ever received? Oh my God, there's so much. There's so many. <laughs> so many. I, I'd say... I'd say it's probably that one that I just mentioned um, in, in a different shape or form, right? Mm. The, like persistence is the biggest uh, um, key to success and, 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 and it's true. And there is this story of the Wright brothers that created the, the airplane and they didn't really create the airplane. They just tweaked a few things, but there was a man prior to that that sold the rights for them to continue um, to continue uh, researching on it. And, and, and that man lost his passion and, he created the machine. It was already made, but it just couldn't fly. So had he not given up, then you would have not been the right brothers, but someone else would have quoted all the time as the discoverer of, of the airplane.
Or, or there's this other story of uh, are you Darby with the the guy that's top three feet from gold, and that's like anyone that listens to this, like please find it and read it. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, but there was this teenager Darby who him and his uncle got so caught up into the gold rush hundreds of years ago in the states, and and they move across the whole country to to dig into that uh, golden potential golden mile that, uh, mine that might be holding the biggest golden deposit that no one's found yet. And they found the gold very quickly and they started getting super excited and they bought expensive machinery mm -hmm. and hired a lot of stuff. And after a couple of months, the gold disappeared. And it disappeared and, and, and weeks um, turned into months. Everything they initially made from the initial findings went away. Now they were living on borrowed money, needed to pay stuff, needed to pay for for the machinery and, and, and the drills and everything. And eventually they got discouraged and they, and they lost their, their vision and they left. They sold the machinery to a junk, junkyard person, to, to a person that just buys metal for scrap. Mm -hmm. And this guy was like, I don't understand what's going on. For months there was so much commotion here about this about this these guys and they all of a sudden they just locked everything up and, and, and left. Let, let me find out. So he called in a geologist, a person that understands what's going on underneath our feet and, and our legs. And, 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 and the person did some calculations and educated the, the scrapyard person about this thing called fault lines in, in golden mines that you can, you, there's all golden mine and there could be this hollow thing that keeps going for like miles down. Um, and he was like, the reality is that if you adjust the drilling a little bit, left or right, whatever it was, you would find the gold about three feet away. So that's that famous story of three feet from gold. And the reality is that this guy, Aryu Darby, became a multimillionaire later on in his life from selling insurance. And every time he was interviewed, how come you're so much better than any other company in the, U in the USA selling uh, large insurances? And every time his answer was like, well, I stopped three feet from gold. I'd never stop in front of anything. So when a prospect tells me, no, we don't want to buy your insurance, I just call in again in three months' time. I just call in again in six months' time. And eventually, their old insurance might be running out and I sign them for the new one. And, and is that part of persistence? Um, I don't remember who exactly told me, but it's that kind of concept similar to tough times don't last, mm -hmm. tough people do, but just in a different spin. And, and it was like persistence is the, the biggest key to success. Yeah, there's attitude and hard work and experience and all this, all that, all, all of them are important, but tough times will come at some point. At some point, we need to push through and persist. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the biggest advice that I've received. That's really good. I actually remember you saying that story in some of the morning meetings, and that story is powerful. I think one of my favorite stories you've told as well was, um, I can't remember the name of the guy, but the, the theme was Today is the Day. That guy that was... Um... That's so interesting. Um, <laughs> it's so interesting. Mel Fisher. Mel Today Fisher. The that's the guy. Um, Mel Fisher. <laughs> he I love is that story. The, the biggest treasure hunter in, in the history of humans mm -hmm. and found the, the largest golden deposit and... and, and um, and rubies and, and all these um, gemstones from a ship that sunk, or a galleon that sunk 400 years ago. And funny that you say that because I went to his museum in Key West um, Did you? In, um, in October. I was in Miami in October with wow. Don Harris, who you know. Um, and we were like, hey, you know this meeting that we run all the time? And we know that he lived and died in Key West. Mm -hmm. And he has a museum there with a lot of the treasures are there that yeah, on, yeah. On, on, this uh, on a display. So like, let's just do drive to there. And, it seems that his close 
from Miami, but it was like four and a half hours drive. <laughs> um, and it's the, 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 what is it? It's the southern, not the southern, the, yeah, the southernmost point of continental USA. Um, and we went to the museum and, and, and in, there is a plaque, just like the story. There is a plaque in front of the museum that says today is the day. And wow. that's the mantra he was known by the, the guy spent 16 years trying to find the treasure and went through so much stuff and so much problems. And even the death of one of his sons um, was there treasure hunting. Um, but he never stopped. He never stopped them. Yeah. That's a great story of perseverance because look how many years it took him to, to, to find yeah. that and death and all that sort of stuff. So it, you're right. It is important. Perseverance is definitely key. Um, do you have any mentors? I'm sure you do. But who are some of the people that you kind of go to for like advice when it comes to business, when it comes to mm -hmm. who, who would you say is like your to name a few of your mentors? So a lot of a lot of people in our industry, um, obviously, my advisors and um the consultants on the the, the senior roles um people i know for 14 years now mm -hmm. that have guided me through that um they help me financially as well to just doing better in life with mm -hmm. that perspective um when it comes to for everybody that's listening here i i'd mention a few a few people that you can read their books that you can go on on youtube and um and the information is incredible. One of them is uh, Robert Kiyosaki, and he's very famous for this book, Rich That Poor That. Mm. Um, so saying the story of how he grew up with the influence of two fathers, his own dad, who was his poor dad, but he wasn't really his poor dad. Um, he wasn't necessarily poor, but he calls him poor dad because at the end of the month, they were always out of money. They lived an okay uh, life, but they were always out, out of money. Whereas his best friend's dad, who he says, my rich dad, was a multimillionaire, like one of the largest business people in, in Hawaii at that time. And the advice was just different. So read the book. It's very entertaining. I advise anyone to read it. It's easy to read. It's educational. It's entertaining. It's inspirational and all that. And then there is so much more stuff um, from Robert Kiyosaki, the second book that he released. He's released like 40 by now probably. But the second book was uh, The Cashflow Quadrant, Rich That Poor That Too, The Cashflow Quadrant. And... And that helps with, with financial literacy as well. Mm -hmm. So it's quite good to um, to read that one as well. Um, I'd say John C. Maxwell on leadership. Yeah, he's, he's incredible great, at yeah, that. Yeah, great book. Mm -hmm. um, my biggest kick recently has been David Goggins. And for those of you that have not heard the name, he's known as the toughest man alive. Um, guy's incredible. The book, uh, well, he just released the second one, but his first book was kind of like an autobiography. Um, and it, its name is Can't Hurt Me. It's super easy to read, going from his childhood and how his rough upbringing was to being overweight, almost obese at, um, at the age of 21 or 22 and finding that Royal Navy, the, the, the Navy, not Royal Navy, but the U.S. Navy's, um, the Navy SEALs, um, training and he decided to sign up for it and he lost what was it 90 was it 90 pounds in no it was more sorry i don't want to uh, confuse you now but something ridiculous in, in in 90 days so he can actually sign up for them and became a U, uh, u.s um, um navy seal and then he became a ultramarathon runner um held the record for the most pull-ups in 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 a, in, in a 24 hours like four thousand something wow um, he has run ridiculous marathons and run on broken feet, 
um, for 30 miles out of a hundred miles rate race all his all his toes were broken it, it's just insane insane stuff um, and when it comes to motivation or but all motivation but also what you can do just as a human um, that's a big big thing uh, can't hurt me is the book easy to read entertaining um, and then he just released the second book that um, I I just got now um, forgot the name so I need to start reading it I received it on Tuesday no on Wednesday so yeah nice um, nice but there's a lot a lot I can keep talking forever about about authors and books and yeah Jim Rohn is very very funny oh, I love Jim Rohn um, yeah go on YouTube and listen to him it's yeah. just incredible yeah you you introduced me to Jim Rohn and a lot of the stuff a lot of the principles that I follow now and one of the out of all the motivational speakers that I quote I tend to quote him because yeah. he's funny and, and, and <laughs> very entertaining but also educational yeah, 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 he's yeah. known for like it's mainly philosophy and stuff like this yeah. and he goes like it's not the job you have it's the philosophy you have about mm -hmm. money and, and yeah. success it's not the blowing of the wind but the set of the sail that determines your destination mm -hmm. because the, the wind blows on all boats mm -hmm. the same way but some boats go left others mm -hmm. right so that's the same thing for personal life he talks about the how life is like the seasons there's spring and then there's summer but that doesn't last it goes to fall and then and then winter but that doesn't last as well and it's quite interesting to it's it's entertaining as hell though for sure yeah so let's go back a little bit to the beginning to um because obviously you you mentioned that you were born in bulgaria communist bulgaria at the mm -hmm. time and at some point you moved to the uk yeah so tell me a bit about the i mean i know but i want the audience to hear it a bit about your work life before you actually came into the business like what did you do initially when mm -hmm. you first came i think it's fascinating that story and how you actually got introduced to the business as well sure so i did um i i was a student in bulgaria so i studied accountancy and and, and i finished that and then i did um financial management as masters as well so which was a distance study i was already in the uk uh but studying the bulgarian university and the master's program but before the master's program i came here on a farm so it's um uh, it was a vegetable farm. A vegetables farm was cutting lettuce and romaine hearts and iceberg and celery. And um, it's very, very hard work. Uh, but that introduced me to working on commission, really. That introduced me to the concept of like the more, ha the, the, the harder you work, mm -hmm. the better the income. Mm. And, 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 and the vast majority of, uh, of works is not like that, to be honest. And, um, I used to get paid per, 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 that, that's interesting. So for example, for a, you cut an iceberg lettuce, you cut it with your little knife mm -hmm. and throw it into this basket and every head cut was paid at 3.2 pence. So you cut a thousand is 32 pounds. Wow. Um, you cut 3000 is about nearly hundred pounds. So it was interesting how obviously the first week, I don't know what, but we probably couldn't even cut a thousand per day and we went to a place where towards the end of my experience on the farm I was cutting like four or five thousand per day it's just experience just like yeah. anything else right wow. experience and skill then I came um, that finished and then I came to to London and the only way for me to work was through a business applying for a business visa because uh, Bulgaria was not in the European Union at that time funnily enough now UK is not in the European Union. How things change, <laughs> but um, but I couldn't just come and work like like now Bulgarians can't just come and work. <laughs> we, 
I needed to apply for a business visa. And, and the only people I knew were in the construction industry. So I ended up becoming a construction worker and spent five years in the construction industry. Mm. Um, about a, a year, first one out of the five, a bit less, about nine months, eight months out of the, the, the five years was, was terrible. I was a general laborer, really, really difficult work, heavy, dusty, noisy, not very well paid. Um, and you're nobody if you're a laborer in the construction industry, you have no name, you're the laborer. So, uh, and if it's two, it's that one on the left. So, uh, so it's quite interesting, but, but I was so aggressive to learn that anytime I had a spare minute, I would spend time with a person that built something mm. and I would just, just educate myself. How do you do it? Why do you do it this way? Why did you do that? So eventually I picked up a trade and, and, and I became a carpenter and, for especially for the four out of the five years um in the construction industry the, the the last four um it was pretty good financial wise i was earning really really good money but the dustiness the heaviness of the work mm-hmm. the noisiness didn't disappear um and even though it was a lot better than i i, I was the carpenter which sounds better than the laborer mm-hmm. or i was ludmill which sounds better than anything so um <laughs> And also the money was a lot better than laborer. But after a few years, I was like, well, I, I graduated and did my master's. By that time, I was like, I've got master's in finance. I've got bachelor's in accountancy. I definitely don't want to spend my, the rest of my life in the construction industry. Not, in that, not that it's anything wrong with it, but I felt that I've, I've hit the ceiling there because I've seen a lot of people who are there for 20, 30 years um, doing the same work earning the same money and be doing the same thing really mm-hmm. so I, I was like i need to change and funny enough with my financial degree i decided to change in 2008 which was the financial crisis so probably not the right move but it was a blessing in disguise because even though i couldn't find anything in the financial sector because there was just not much and there was like plenty of people with a ton of experience and then diplomas from uk universities that that could find this work the, the scarce work that was available at that time mm-hmm. during the financial crisis in that sector. Um, I bumped into an advertising in this industry, outsource sales and marketing saying, we're recession proof. In fact, we're growing during non-growing times. We need more people more than ever. So that intrigued me. And, and when I sat down with uh, my manager to be or interviewer at that time, um, and I asked him, how come you're saying that, but how come? And, and, his answer was very logical and I understood it. And that's when I decided that if they offer me a position, I'll, I'll go through thick and thin to, to grow in this. He said, well, look, we, we find customers for other businesses and we don't ask them for any money. We don't charge them anything until we find them the customers. And we proactively go out to find them the customers, the customers rather than like a retail being reactive on waiting for customers to walk into the store. Mm-hmm. So do you think companies are more desperate to find customers now. I was like, of course, in recession. And then his other question was like, do you think they're more wary of their spendings now than ever? I was like, of course. He's like, well, that's why recession works the other way around for us. And um, that's how I started in this. Mm -hmm. So my English was not great. Um, I don't know if it's great now. My accent's (laughs) terrible, I get that. But, but it's but improved. It has improved for sure. Like at least, at least I, 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 I think of in English. I don't, I don't need to translate the words in my language and then 
and then pronounce them. So, <laughs> so that that's improved. But my my concern was like, hey, look, like I I need to speak in English and do sales and do marketing, and how am I gonna do that? And my trainer was like, very simple. You're gonna say the same words over and over again. Do you think after a week you'll be better? What about two, five weeks? Mm -hmm. And that's when my trainer introduced me to improvement, not perfection, but improvement. Just getting better. Mm -hmm. So yeah. That's really, really good. Um, I think even for me, like one of the reasons why I wanted to join the industry when I did was during my interview and stuff was when I heard no seniority. Mm -hmm. That really fascinated me because I, re I remember when I was working in McDonald's, I was there for three years and one of the things my boss did, he refused to promote me, even though I was better at the job than the other guy, mm -hmm. but he didn't like the fact that I was friends with the other manager that he didn't like. So my promotion, so much politics, yeah. so much politics he just didn't like me and yeah. he's like, I'm not promoting you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I yeah, so when I came into the industry and I heard that no seniority, I'm purely going to be judged based on my performance, that changed everything for me. And the business lived up to what it said because when I came in and I um, got really good at sales, I got rewarded for my performance. Mm -hmm. So I've always said to people, like, if you are young and you want life experience, go into sales. The skills that you learn is just incredible. It teaches you patience. It teaches you um, tenacity, consistency, mm -hmm. just your mindset. I think the biggest thing is about the mindset. Because, you know, like in a normal nine to five, you might have a crappy mental day yeah, yeah, yeah. where you can still go and get by with yeah. your work. It's not like that in no, sales. You, you have to compartmentalize. And it's it's also like the communicative abilities and just mm -hmm. the ability to strike a conversation with yes. anyone from any background, yes. any social status, yes. um, any cultural um, difference and, and, and background. Like you, you just, it it is the most sought after skill. And um, whether someone will do sales for the rest of their life or not, in fact, no one really wants to do sales for the rest of their life. Like even though I've been in this industry for 14 years, my, I've done the sales for like a year or two. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not um, two, not even two, but with here and there patches. I think even with you, I went on the field a few times. Yeah, you did, yeah. But 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 it's, it's, it's more of like the skills that are developed. And if you read about any successful person from any walk of life, they'll, they'll say that, that somehow at some point in their career or, or adult life, they were involved in some sort of a selling industry situation, etc. Mm -hmm. And even that guy, Robert Kiyosaki, says he um, he was a salesman for Xerox, the photocopiers, for four years. And he was like, I never want to be. But my rich dad told me that I just need to be good at it if I want to be successful in life. Mm. And, and he was like, but I was terrible at it. For the first two years, I was awful. Then I got a little bit better. Then finally, I became number one in the in 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 in, in Xerox, number one salesman in Xerox, and then I quit. So everybody <laughs> asked me, "How come? And how come you just started getting the the greatest rewards?" Mm. He was like, "Because I I didn't want to do the sales. I just needed to have the stamp of approval from my rich dad or what he says that I need to be good at sales, and and I couldn't leave before I became great." And we had a conversation previous to this recording, right? Mm. Um, where we're discussing how everyone that you know in our industry that has been and has left Definitely. for one reason or another, anyone that has been good at sales is doing well in life now. Mm -hmm. And it's true. It's of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so true. Definitely. 
Um, I know you run your business with your partner, Clary. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, I know for some people they might say, oh my God, I wouldn't, I couldn't run a business with my, sure. with their partner. Like I know I couldn't work with my partner. Sure. So how, and you guys have done really well. Like this year, you guys won six of the major awards at the awards yeah. ceremony, including managing director of the year and million dollar club, which is incredible. Congrats on that. Thank you. But what, how have you and Clary been able to work so well together? Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's something a lot of people admire as well, that the fact that you to are able to work well together and go into business mode because I remember when you even told me you guys were in a relationship I was shocked yeah, yeah. because you're so professional <laughs> oh, not, yeah. yeah so what advice would you give someone that is potentially looking to go into business with their partner so I would say what works for us is that we have clear outlined uh, responsibilities that we don't necessarily overstep so for example Clarista is very good at um, recruitment She's very good at um, website development, social media, and things like this. And I am not. <laughs> so, um, so I don't, I don't, I'm not involved that much in it. I understand it, but I'm not involved in it. Mm-hmm. So obviously, my biggest strength is finances, and um, and that's what Clarestel doesn't do. Like I deal with the finances in in the in the in the company. Um, there is other responsibilities that we share, the development of the team. Mm-hmm. There is um, there is certain things that we both do. There is certain things that only Clarice tells us. There is certain things that only I do. Mm. And and is that part of just just being structured and 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 if I if I make a mistake in something that in a in a department that I am I am bad I, I I do I deal with then Clarice doesn't doesn't tell me off or anything like this doesn't but it's so easy to do that if you're in a partnership it's so easy just yes. because it's, it's just yes. so easy and, and it's the same thing with me and, and and the things that she is good like if she makes a mistake she just that's it like i don't tell her off i don't discuss it much mm-hmm. and and it's that part is just being structured and organized mm-hmm. and, and it's difficult it's not easy um but w- when is work is work and and we we click on so very quickly from one to another so quickly yeah, definitely that's why no one can ever find out um we've discussed it in a social setting we had our company's christmas party a couple of weeks ago uh what was the last week i mean just yeah the week before mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago yeah and and if if someone was an observer to observe us they would, they would never find we, we weren't even sitting next to each other when we're not talking to the same people it's just, it's an automatic. It's not like let's not talk to each other. Yeah. It's just an automatic thing. Okay, we're in a social setting, which is work-related, mm-hmm. even though it was a Christmas party. Mm-hmm. It's still work-related. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not a couple. Yeah, put your business hat uh, yeah. on, yeah. And I think what I love, based on what I've observed working with you guys, you don't allow your personal issues to spill into the business, and I love no, that. Yeah, yeah. so if, if you guys have any sort of disagreement, the minute you come into the office, it's game time. And I think a lot of people struggle to do that, so I think that's something I get, that's helped. Yeah, well. for sure. I think that's probably the biggest thing, Fabian, that, that stops people, couples, um, becoming successful that they're transferring a lot of the work at home and a lot of home at, uh, at work. Yes. And we do transfer some of the work at home, but never the home issues at work. We just de- don't do it. Mm-hmm. We just don't do it. That's good. The moment starts work, okay, we'll deal with it later. Mm-hmm. And 
and yeah, and and it's 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 not an easy thing. Um, but just like anything, anything can improve over time. So mm-hmm. if anyone that's listening here is in the business with their partner and they're experiencing some troubles, just sit down and go like, where do we want to be? Mm-hmm. Where do we want to be? Well, personally, that's not. I, I can't give you advice there, guys. <laughs> but where do we want to be professionally? Yeah. And 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 even if we're not having a great time right now, personally, we're going through through some personal issues, like. The business is the business. There's people in it. There's other. There's the livelihoods of other people there. Like I can't, I can't. It shouldn't. Yeah. Definitely. It shouldn't affect. But it does, and it's a discipline that to make it not. Mm-hmm. So I know you and Clary don't just run a successful business. You guys also train, develop other people, and help other people um, open their own businesses. Mm-hmm. And you, you're you're their mentor and their coach mm-hmm. and things like that. What's one of the biggest lessons you try to instill in them before they open their own office? Um, so to not the, well, one of the biggest things that we've been talking about with the newest people that we've uh, developed is to stay close to the basics. Mm. Um, I wanted to get promoted so badly to get out of the field because the reality is that the field is an entry-level work and no entry-level in any industry is, is, is exciting. Like think of any industry like the industry in now. Yeah, I'm in healthcare, it's not exciting. <laughs> and I was only in it for three months okay. and then I got promoted. Yeah, of course, of course. And yeah. think of hospitality, think of anything, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah, the entry-level yeah. of anything is not very exciting. No. So. I want to get promoted to get out of the field, to get out of the sales mm-hmm. part. Because the reality is teaches incredible lessons, but it's not to be there for a lifetime or even a long time. So I was so excited about getting promoted and then stopped doing the, the, the basic work that it beat me back because I stopped doing it. Mm. But I still needed to do it because it was the MVP, the most valuable player in the team, the most experienced player in the team. Just so kind of like any in any sporting environment, like in a football club, for example, if the most experienced person wants to retire and become a coach, they're gonna wean them out slowly. Not 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 today you are you are playing and tomorrow you're not playing ever again. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll still be involved. They'll still come as a substitute in some of the games. They might start some of the games the first and um, uh, from the first eleven because it's a more important game. But they're going to get substituted more often. They, they might stay some of the games on the bench to watch the game and understand it from a coaching perspective, mm-hmm. a game versus an easier opponent or something like this. And it's that part that um, the biggest advice is don't, don't ris- disrespect the basics. And that's probably not just in, in us, but in anything else. Think of a restaurant industry. The entry level are always washing dishes, I guess, probably, right? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Mm. Well, it is not an exciting role to be in. But can you imagine if a customer is served with a dirty dish? Mm. What do you think is going to happen? So they're always still very, very important. Yes. Even the one that you have, the healthcare, Mm -hmm. like whatever, the the entry level is definitely not very attractive. Yeah. But imagine if someone doesn't do it properly. Exactly, yeah. That have health issues as well. Impact the clients that you're supporting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's just understanding that part that don't don't dis- disrespect the basics. Um, that's my biggest advice that I say. And the, the 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 other big advice that I say is like, the reality is that as you grow in anything, and the the senior in our industry is, is director of a company and opening your own company. Of course, the income, everything is gonna grow and. 
to go back to the beginning of, 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 uh, of the session here, my second biggest advice is spend the next year, financial-wise, the same exact way you spent the last year. Live your life very similar to the way you lived it during the earlier stages, meaning your expenses shouldn't go tenfold, mm -hmm. even if your income goes tenfold. Mm -hmm. So you can build some something behind you because when it comes to money and finances and, and, and success, having a cushion in the bank is the biggest, the biggest confidence booster. Yes, yes I agree. So, mm -hmm. so a lot of, um, we, um, last year we promoted a, a young gentleman, he's 22, well, he's 23 now, but, wow. um, and he bought into the concept and he moved into one bedroom flat with, uh, with his girlfriend and their baby. And, and he didn't buy a, he didn't go to a, to like, like, I don't know, some lavish accommodation and he hasn't bought a car yet. And he just literally leaves below what he could leave mm -hmm. but his money his bank are building more and more and he's so excited so excited sorry he's so excited about where he is at life mm -hmm. at the age of 23 we had a conversation recently he was like i he's got this money saved now for a car and he can buy the car five times over so it's like maybe it's time to buy it now yeah um and it, it's that part of like learning how again in the beginning of, of this podcast, we were talking how people come into money, like for some reason, they inherit money, they mm -hmm. win the lottery, they get a massive promotion mm -hmm. um, at work. And and then the expenses become the same as the, the, the same ratio as the income. So it doesn't matter if someone is making 2000 pounds per month and spending 2000, the moment they start making 5000, if they spend 5000, that there is nothing. Yes, they eat in, in better restaurants. <laughs> They eat in best, better restaurants and drive better car. But what if that work disappears? Mm. What if that work was John Lewis during um, lockdown? Mm -hmm. What happens then? We go back to the 2000 with the 5000 uh, per month spending mentality. Mm -hmm. So there's a discrepancy of three grand. That who, 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 there's plenty, plenty of organizations that are going to be very willing to, to lend it, like banking and financial institutions, that they'll be happy. <laughs> but not the person that is borrowing though eventually and then is that 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 part um thinking of where i i think it's not just for our industry that anyone that's listening here that is looking forward for a nice promotion at work mm -hmm. if it if it doubles your income don't double your expenses guys it's just yeah maybe you should spend more money like of course you should enjoy a little bit like i remember you you fabian saying in the beginning how you still see me done a lot of traveling and a lot of, I love traveling. Mm -hmm. I, I travel like crazy. Um, I, yeah, like I've got a eight month old baby that's been in five different countries, five oh. different seas. <laughs> seas already. Okay. And oceans. <laughs> so, wow. um, I think I've seen one sea for the first 21 years of my life. So, <laughs> but it's not about going super extreme because mm -hmm. then, then you don't enjoy life either. Mm -hmm. But it's not about going on the other extreme where it's only in German and German because that, 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 that might finish at any point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was so, you said something so powerful. Just because you double your income doesn't mean you have to double your expenses. 
that's so powerful yeah and it's true it's true it and it's funny because i was having this conversation with my mom the other day and I actually said to my mom mom when you have money in the bank and you're completely debt free it's one of the best feelings you can oh. ever have it affects your it gives you that mental peace that you never thought you never knew you had no matter what's going on economically or around the way you, you just know i'm okay if i lose my job now at least i've got money for at least the next six to yeah. eight months so yeah it is a lot of people and, like i, I want to say something here um any book that i've read any article about finances and financial security and stability and freedom they always say the same the formula to succeed is number one get rid of debt mm -hmm. like you don't move to the second second part of the formula until you get rid of debt. yeah and then the second formula is try try uh, start saving money start putting money into i don't know into investment funds and all this stuff mm -hmm. um and then eventually someone can become financially secure mm -hmm. and financially free where if you can withdraw 4% of your assets and live your life without working, you can retire. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean is that think of that, anyone that's listening um, this post podcast, if, you're, if you need 30,000 pounds per year to live a normal life, mm -hmm. um, multiply it by 25. And that's how much money you need to have in investment funds and into into things that, that are bringing you mm -hmm. um bringing you return so a, a quick a quick advice for everybody here that's listening i'd, I'd assume the audience mainly will be uh, younger people if someone wants to retire early find out what would excite you to be earning per year not what like i want to earn a million so i want to spend a million no like it's like <laughs> Think of logically, like really a million is a lot of money. Yeah. A hundred thousand is a lot of money to mm -hmm. spend a year. Mm -hmm. Like you can enjoy life completely. Yeah. So 50,000 is a lot of money for one person to spend. Mm -hmm. And multiply that number by 25. And, and, and when you get to that much money in, in investment funds and stocks and shares and things like this, then you can retire. Wow. Talking about investment, um, I know I know you've you've kind of mentioned it to me but obviously i don't know the full details you've got some investments now in it when yeah. did you start investing and how is that how is all of that going um a couple of years ago two three years ago mm -hmm. i think when when people did the opposite of investing <laughs> uh, because of lockdowns and scare scary stuff when it comes to um covid19 and all this stuff mm -hmm. um well josh Cod introduced me one of my mentors introduced me to to a to to um to a company that is a fintech company in the construction industry that um that does a lot of um you can invest through that through, through their platform mm -hmm. so we, i put a lot of money in into it but but also i've got investments in paintings in in art um in variety of other things mm. recently i read a book and and i'm going to be reallocating a lot of my my investments into that but Vanguard, which is one of the largest investment companies in the world, is probably the best company to, to have any, any sort of um, instant savings account when it comes to stocks and shares and things mm -hmm. like this. And the reason being is because Vanguard's um, fees for running mm -hmm. um, and, and, and dealing with your money is so much lower than any, any other company. 
Mm. And I can say a lot of financial institutions, um, this is not to advertise or something like this. So <laughs> um, I'm kind of wary of that as yeah. well. But um, yeah, there is a lot of like S&P 500, which is the 500 largest companies in the UK mm -hmm. or in the world, really. Um, there is a, a nice investment fund that someone can put. But again, in, in order for someone to invest, like you need to understand the whole concept of there is going to be risks. Money is going to go down and up and yeah. whatever. Um, but overall, over a long term, mm -hmm. the money go up and um, the, the secret is long term there. Yeah. So Warren Buffett was asked once, what's your secret uh, for, for investing? And he's the greatest investor in history. And he said it and the journalist goes like, okay, well, that seems very simple. He was like, yeah, because it is. He was like, well, if it's simple, why don't more people do it? <laughs> so Warren Buffett's response was like, because no one wants to get rich slow. And that is a slow, mm -hmm. slow process. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is you, if you're 20 now or 30, mm -hmm. you looking after your 60-year-old you. But yeah. remember, when, when you become 60-year-old, you like probably thank your 20-year-old you if you do that, yes. right? Yes. So again, like there is a lot to read when it comes to investments. And The Simple Path to Wealth is a book um, that I read recently. It's super easy to read and understand. Mm -hmm. um, they talk about that 4% uh, there. I mean, pretty much every investment book uh, talks about that. But, mm -hmm. but that's that whole concept. To go back to the Babylon, ba Babylon, Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> Babylon's times, the, the, the richest man in Babylon, that's mm -hmm. exactly the same concept he was talking about. Yeah. He was talking about for every 10 coins you earn, spent everything but one and mm. put one aside. Yes. And put that one into work, which was meant buy something with it that you can rent it and whatever, which is the same exact concept as the modern day stocks and share investment, yes. investment because it brings compound interest and blah, blah, blah. And all this cool stuff that if if you're interested into understanding, um, it will require some time to understand. But but it it the decades from now you version will, will be very happy about. Yeah, yeah. The the research and the understanding that you put now. I actually started investing in stocks as well. Okay. So what I start doing now every month when I get paid, I put some money into yeah. it. So I started buying stocks and Perfect. shares and yeah, I've just been educating myself on it because I'm someone that don't even gamble because I'm scared of losing money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. just, but it's something I just had to understand that it's a long term thing. Yeah. I'm not looking at getting returns next week, next no. year, but it's for the long term. So, so yeah, everybody says like invest everything you are prepared to lose. Mm -hmm. Not that you will, because chances are ridiculously slim that you will be lost. Mm -hmm. In fact, it will bring more. Um, the, the stock market has been going up and up ever since it's been created. Mm -hmm. The average return has been 8% per year mm -hmm. ever since it's been created. And of course, there's been some years that it went down, mm -hmm. but then there's been some years that it went up. Mm -hmm. so, so the whole concept is like, if I'm to put a thousand pounds somewhere with the mindset, I'm just going to take them out the next year. Don't put them there. Put them into a normal savings, savings account. account. Okay. okay. But if I want to, like, if I, like, I'm going to put a thousand pounds somewhere and I don't care about it until, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's the concept. So it's, it's all location. There's so many, so many advice there when it yeah. comes to finance. The biggest thing is, and you, you mentioned it, mm -hmm. the biggest thing is this, you mentioned it earlier, 
you have to have at least six months worth of money that if you lose your job and you can't find anything for six months, any income for six mm -hmm. months, you'll be okay. Yes. That's the first. So the first step is we got to get rid of uh, debt. Yes. We got we to gotta get rid of, uh, of um, paying, uh, buying things on, on future whatever installments. <laughs> okay. Because then there is the interest and all this. Yes. Yes. Second, second one is we got to build ourselves to a place where we have relatively easy way to withdraw a place where we have six months worth of our expenses. Mm -hmm. Then the next step is like, okay, now I can start putting into stocks and shares, into investments, into stuff like this. Mm -hmm. um, again, there is, there is investments for, there is like way more riskier investments that obviously bring way better return as well. But they are for like, like it needs to be, you need to be a certified investor with hundreds of thousands of, of portfolio of money at least. Mm -hmm. um, and that can happen as well to anyone as, yeah. as long as, as we educate ourselves. So I've read and I've educated myself so much. There is countless of people who mm -hmm. worked a normal job. Mm -hmm. They were like just someone who was getting paid average salary. Mm -hmm. and by the age of 70, 60, not even 70, 60, and you'd say, well, when I'm 70, well, hold on a second. Chances are you'd live to 100. So based on the way that things are going, we're finding cure for, for, for Alzheimer's now, yep. as you can see. Yep, yep, yep. So, so yeah, 70 might still mean another one third of our life. <laughs> so, but, but, but I've read so many stories of people who had an ordinary job that paid them like 30, 40,000 per year. And by the age of 60, 70, they had like 5 million behind them. Yeah. So what kind of a life is that eventually? Does that make sense? Yes. So it's um it's understanding that it, it takes it takes a lot of discipline. The impulse buys are all over us. Marketing is a very strong industry. Um and the whole idea of marketing is for companies to market their brands and their mm -hmm. products and their services and mm -hmm. their their cool stuff that you can buy and, and it's not about not buy buy them, but again it's like everything you ever buy is you need to say, can I afford it five or 10 times over? And I, I mean, not, not the coffee. Of course you can. So <laughs> I'm talking about the, 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 the larger buys, mm. the larger buys, cars, houses, stuff like this. And it's not to put you off a house now. The reality is that we got to get on the house ladder as quickly, yeah. uh, quickly as possible. Good but, investment. But the point there is that what ends up happening to, again, I don't want to, change someone's beliefs here with mm -hmm. this, but we buy a house and then we buy like, then we're like, it's small. We need to buy another one, another one. And, and, and the reality is that our, our interest, the interest that we pay to banks just keeps increasing. Yep. 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 So it's not about not being on it on, on the ladder, but it's also try to not skip steps. And like, I want, I, I, I have, it's only me and my girlfriend or me and my newly wife or husband. Mm -hmm. It's just the two of us. Let's, buy a five bedroom house like okay if you can afford it five times over yeah, yeah. but if you can't probably don't mm. so it's it's that understanding and, and this is the like to mention it for a fifth time now or ten it's a discipline yeah it's a discipline and but then it's more rewardable so that car that i wanted to buy for so long it was very very nice when i bought it eventually it was painful because I wait, after I ordered it, I waited for four months to build <laughs> because it was a special build. But wow. hey, it was great. It was great. 
So, so what's next for Ludmill? What's your twenty? What's your goals for twenty twenty three? I mean, obviously, with um, a child now and a baby, a lot of things have changed. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to just say, assessing the personal, professional, the responsibilities, people say once you have children, things change dramatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do change dramatically. I wouldn't say, but they do change. Yeah, because the child becomes a priority, then that's it. Um, so a lot of it is the child is the child and he he's going to have a great life um he's going to be told to to make the right decision in life decisions in life but professionally wise um we did a lot and um the last couple of years have been massive and we won a lot of awards and developed a lot of people but mm-hmm. it's just not to stop here so we can double triple quadruple in size and and the goal is to continuously improving and getting better. And, mm-hmm. and that's that's in the seed of humanity. Like like our brain operates of like, how can we become stronger, bigger, faster, mm. more educated? If that wasn't the case, then we'll still probably be living in caves. Yeah. But the reality is that we don't. We, we're planning to go to different planets as well. Because that's what we are as humans. We're unlike any other life form on this planet, that their instinct is only survival. We as humans can think and, and can process thought and we can go left and right and we can decide how fast and far we want to go and and we want to improve and and that's noble, I'd say. And it is only if we can provide other people. I'm like I'm I'm pretty sure that you, Fabian, now sitting here and, and, and us doing this podcast, your confidence level is so much bigger because you've spent time with working with us in our industry. And yeah. Definitely. In, in some form or shape, I hope I've helped you going getting out of your not shelf, so to say, you've never been a shy person per se, but <laughs> but more of like I can do more and I can do mm-hmm. better and, mm-hmm. and I'm confident with what I'm doing and that part. So yeah. I want to help more and more people. The secret to success, the eternal secret to success is helping the masses. Mm-hmm. Find a way to serve the masses brings eternal happiness and, yes. and success. And you can think of a, from any angle, from mm-hmm. any angle. Okay? So Lionel Messi is a very successful um, football player, right? He, he helps, he, he brings joy to the masses. He brings joy to 50 million nations with, with lifting the cup, the World Cup. Think of Steve Jobs and he brings good service to billions of people. Yeah. Think, to, think, think about, I don't know, Mahatma Gandhi and he brought a very good service to billions of people mm-hmm. and Nelson Mandela and, and we can we can ha- we can have it from any angle you can think of yeah, yeah. not just sports not just business not just money life in general mm-hmm. the, the true form of success is helping enough people help helping a lot of people getting better and improving and, and yeah. having what they want yeah Thank you for that. And I want to end by saying thank you for everything you've done for me, Ludmill. I will honestly say, like, the person I am today and all the skills and everything I've learned, I've learned it from you and working with you and working in your office. Like, where I am now in my career in healthcare, some people, it takes them 15 to 20 years (laughs) to get there. Like, my friends even say it to me, like, it's crazy how quick you've progressed. So, and I know it's because of working with you and learning skills and and things like that. So, to interrupt that quickly, so... When you came and started working with us, one thing I noticed is that there was no any issue with work ethic. And and you said it, you did double shifts and night shifts and all this mm-hmm. in McDonald's. You just worked harder than anyone yeah. else there. Yeah. Um, 
I guess what was needed is more of like getting for your own and that, that concept that you learned the tenacity from sales, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, but spending a few years with us um, in our industry and going all the way to the, to the very highest positions of it and going to, to the healthcare industry, did you see a difference between the work ethic and where everybody else is? Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I guess that's it. Like, so yeah. work ethic combined with tenacity and that persistent thing, mm -hmm. uh, of course, it'll take you a year or two to do something that will take 15 years. Yeah, it's obvious. definitely, definitely. And that's for any industry, not just ours. Because, yeah. And not just the healthcare. It's anything. Like I literally went into, um, when, I got, when I went into healthcare, because I never had healthcare experience, I had to start from the entry level. I was only in entry level for three months. And there's people there for years. <laughs> Three months I got promoted, and then from I got to service manager, it's just been up from. And I there. remember you saying, I remember you saying, like, oh my god, I feel I'm not working at all, and I'm putting all so much more workload than anyone else. Yeah. Like, of <laughs> yeah. But you had it from before that. Like, the, yeah. I think that the biggest thing that you probably got from from our industry is that part of like I'm gonna go and ask for my thing. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm definitely. Gonna my yeah, 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 yeah. Because even one of the reasons I'm even before I've left my current job is. I've done such a great job in building the services and um, like I even won the hero award and stuff like that. And I wanted to get a pay rise. They didn't want to give it to me. So I left. And you found a better one. And I found a better job. Of course. Yeah. Right. And right. the salary they initially offered me for the new job, I negotiated for more. And the managing director actually said to me, he goes, I understand if I'm, if I'm, if I want to average manager i can pay the initial salary that i've got but he goes i know if i want a great manager i need to pay the money that you're requesting so that was right. that was very powerful so yeah but thank you so much for joining you're me welcome. thank you for coming on my platform and thank it's you guys pleasure. so much for listening and we'll definitely have ludmo back on at some point so thank you anytime thank you very much fabian it was a pleasure thank you at the end of this video guys i would really appreciate it if you could subscribe rate the podcast and also leave a review.